The Tim and Tony podcast is brought to you by. So bucked up. Tell the good people about them, Tim. Okay, so here's the deal. A lot of my friends who have been asking me about bucked up since we got the sponsorship told me, Tim, when I get a pre-workout, it feels like I'm the meth head on Mountain Dew. And I will assert, as I've tried many other brands, that that is the case generally. Not the case with Bucked Up. No. And particularly not the case with this little product that I just started using. It's called Heat Hardcore. I started using it because I started a cut yesterday. Oh. Trying to get get in shape for going to Mexico in August. So we're very excited. Oh, okay. So for all of you who are looking to get into your Mexico body shape, uh, Heat is a good pre-workout substitute. Uh, it's only got like 150 milligrams of caffeine. It helps you burn off fat really nice. Or just going for the traditional pre-workout where they have a bunch of delicious flavors. I have a huge-ass stack next to me. The chai um, spice is incredible. Yep. Oh, and and there's another product of theirs that I didn't try until I was sent it. <laughs> um, is those racked BCAs. Are- oh, my God life-changing those are awesome so the rack bcas are fantastic they i i've taken some other bcas and like i know i took them but i didn't feel them this one i feel like i could cure cancer disclaimer you can't but you feel like you could um the pumpocalypse oh boy Oh boy. And if you use that in conjunction with the pre, you're going to have a fun workout. So that's to say there are plenty of options at Bucked Up Freedies. And we're not even talking yet about the protein and the meal replacement protein. Both of those are very, very delicious and lean. So, Tim, why don't you tell us about that promo code? Promo code. Again, go to buckedup.com. You can only use this online. You cannot use this at any in-store location. Go online to buckedup.com. The promo code is T-N-T-20. That's spelled T-A-N-D-T-20 for 20% off your entire order. You can order one product. You can order 50 products. It's 20% off the whole damn thing. So go to buckedup.com today and let's start working towards those mexico bodies yeah yeah use use those supplements it'll change your workout change your life like it did us so let's talk about title tim why do we love title so much i've got a title sweatshirt on right now and it is by far the most comfortable thing that i own in my entire closet i absolutely love this hoodie that I have on and they make the most comfortable gym attire that I've ever worn. Frankly, um, tried out a lot of brands. We're not going to name them on here, but you know who they are. Absolutely. And these guys make by far, not only the most comfortable feeling clothing, they make the best looking clothing. They make you feel like a fucking badass in these things. Cause they're perfectly tapered to make and, you feel very confident. And I mean, if we can feel like badasses, that's that's pretty impressive. So that's y'all, you know. y- y'all need to buy the stuff. I've got a hoodie. I've got a sleeveless hoodie that is just as douchey as it sounds, but fuck, is it comfortable? Um, their shirts are, like Tim said, perfectly tapered. The shorts are incredible. So, you know, you got to buy the stuff. And here's the thing, though, Tim. 
why don't you tell them about that promo code? Okay, so on title.com, that is spelled T-Y-D-A-L dot com. Use the promo code T and T15. That is T-A-N-D 15 for 15% off your next order. Off the whole store. Like you can get all their stuff. You can literally buy the entire stock of their website and you can get 15% off of all of that. And I suggest you do that because every single item that you buy there is going to be incredible. In a crowded room So Tim, what did you uh what have you been doing the last couple of hours? If I was not at home living with my parents in a house where there are four other human beings asleep, right, I would just be screaming uncontrollably. As I was. Out of pure excitement, happiness, and joy. It's, um, this is 11 years in the making. Uh, we, yeah, we have to do that. We, we, we have gone through starting fives of some of the worst, just like, you, you know how at the beginning of the games, they give us, they give you the starting lineup and you see one through five, who you guys got. We've sat through ones where it's like Brandon Knight, Marquise Chris, Josh Jackson, and Dragon Bender. We just witnessed something that has never happened before. We just witnessed LeBron James get eliminated in the first round of the National Basketball Association playoffs. And the team that did it was the team from Phoenix. It's the team that you and I both grew up, grew up watching. As I'm, I'm sitting here rocking my old Nash jersey. Tim's got a Booker. Uh, what are they called? T-shirts. Well, no, it's like it's they're like jerts or something, jersey shirts or some shit. Yeah. Anyways, I don't even like. Okay, everyone knows, listening to this podcast, I love LeBron. Let me just take this as a moment to say, fuck the Lakers. Because with about two minutes left, they decided that they no longer wanted to play basketball anymore. Which, by the way, that's basically how they played this whole series, with the exception of game three. Well, game two and three. Uh, They decided that they didn't want to play basketball anymore. Devin Booker made sure that they understood that what they were doing was some was some shit. And he got ejected for it. And I don't think I've ever loved Devin Booker more than I currently love that man. I was looking in between the 30 seconds of when the game ended and us hitting record. Um, I 
wanted to see how much a Devin Booker jersey was going to cost me. So that's where my headspace is right now. Um, not only okay. n- not not only does it is am I happy because we won, but I fucking hate the Lakers. I just it, I, that that DNA is just in me. It it, it is to my core and not even having my second favorite basketball player in my entire life, having, having him on that team, even that doesn't get that DNA away and never will go ahead. Okay. I briefly have to do the 11 years thing. Yes. Because, and by the way, cheers to that. No free ads. So I'm not going to show you what I'm drinking, but it's delicious. So cheers. People don't understand, I think, other than maybe Timberwolves fans. In in a league where over half of the teams make the playoffs. Yeah. We not only haven't made it in 11 years, the closest we came was being, I think, two games out of it in the bubble last year. Officially two games out. Yeah. And we had one season, I think it was 2014, that we had a winning record. But, you know, since the West is just way better, we weren't even close to the playoffs. 11 years. And what we dealt with during that 11 years was rampant, constant, rampant and constant incompetence by front office. Oh, name names. By the coaching staff. Let's name names. Ryan McDonough. Let's name names. Lon Lon Babby was that his was that that fucker's name? Uh, and most importantly, chiefly, Robert Sarver. That I was getting there. Shit stain of an owner that we have that just continues to fleece our local governments for money. But that is not this podcast. This podcast, the Phoenix Suns, Tim. Yeah. Okay. Our Phoenix Suns are moving on past the Los Angeles Lakers. The Sarver thing. I'm going to do this really quick and then he's going to be gone because yes. he doesn't deserve to have more than this next this 30 seconds. Ha- this is a happy podcast. Go ahead. I'll time you. I have a lot of apologies to give out on this podcast here tonight. A not lot to of him. them. He is not one of them. Okay. And good. I want to be very clear because he, he showed up on the telecast last game where people yeah. were, people were starting to do the, well, he's gotten a lot of crap over the years, but yeah, no, no, I've been here. I've watched it. I've seen it. I've seen the bullshit. Okay. He doesn't deserve any credit for this. That, no. be, that out of the way. No, that's out doesn't. of the way. Okay. I have a few apologies. I ha- Yeah, that's good. Because I have two. I have two main ones. <laughs> My first one goes to Monty Williams. Oh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Before... Before he was hired, when we hired him, I said it was a bad hire. I hated it. He was bad in New <laughs> you know, Orleans. You know, I appreciate that you're honest. He was bad in New Orleans. I was vocal. I absolutely hated the hiring. I didn't think he was good last year. I thought we were good in the bubble, but I thought we were overall a bad uh, yeah. offensive team last year. Well, we were. I mean, yeah. we, we, by, by all metrics, we were. We had one good player. And his ability to get a player like Chris Paul, who is famously a royal pain in the ass, to play along into his system, to come here and be comfortable. 
I don't think you can say enough nice things about Monty no. Williams today. That's my first apology. Yeah. So then we'll, we'll, we'll alternate because I have, we'll stick with non-players. I have an apology to, I think it's five-time champion, soon to be six, uh, James Jones. Yes. Uh, he was, unbeknownst to the rest of the NBA at one point, our GM. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody knew how to contact him. Nope. Uh, they did not know that he had a secretary. They did not. No scouting department. Number. We had no scouting department, which was made very evident by <laughs> someone else that I'm going to owe an apology to. Um, he went out and got, I mean, it's, it, it's said to death, but he went out and he got adults. He brought in Jay, he brought in Jay Crowder. He brought in Chris Paul. Sarge. Yeah, he brought he brought in Sar. Uh, I believe it's Sharich, but you know, it's fine. Um, he brought Galloway. in Tory, Blank, Tory Bar- Craig, Langston Galloway, Tory Craig, um, Monty Williams. More to his point, he resurrected Campaign, who has been. He might be the fourth most important player on this team. Maybe with Chris injured, I don't think there's any question. Oh, with Chris injured, he might be the third most important. But yeah, I mean, he's a top five impact guy for us just because of, I mean, he was pretty awful today. Mm-hmm. He was pretty bad. Mm. But throughout this series and throughout the season, he's been a revelation. Um, I mean, James Jones, man. Thank you. I apologize because yeah. I believe I sat on this very podcast and said how you don't you didn't you you don't know what you're doing you don't know your ass from your elbow when it comes to building a team i affirmed and, it and yeah um and i said it multiple times and within a year this team has gone from draymond green telling uh the nba to get Devin Can't be stressed that enough. Team. um we went from that to eliminating the defending champions with or without anthony davis they're the most talented team in the nba um, from top to bottom, like, you know, the, the nets have a better top three altogether, but the Lakers have a better top two, um, when healthy and we just beat them in pretty resounding fashion given, I mean, this game, we were up at 29 at one point and it was under 10 points for as long as it took me to nervously sprint to the bathroom uh it's but yeah the thing that is is that even so james jones i'm sorry you have built a winner you brought Mm -hmm. in a coach that is a winner you brought Mm -hmm. in chris paul you brought in these guys that have made me enjoy basketball in a way that i have not enjoyed it in over a decade so thank you and i'm sorry I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep going with the James Jones thing. Yes. I only have two more. I don't want to do this the whole podcast. But oh no, this is more. the whole podcast. I have only. I only have one more. With that theme of James Jones, my second apology goes to Cam Johnson. Oh, when we, dra- when we drafted you, when okay. we drafted you, I have never made fun of a draft pick that we have made more in my life, and yeah. I probably never will because the things I said about that human being should never be said about other people. <laughs> and the things that I said about Jones for drafting him and Sarver yeah. for allowing him to happen him were just hateful. <laughs> <laughs> they were reprehensible. 
and they were terrible. They were not on this podcast. So yeah, no, no and no, nothing else really needs to be said about Cam Johnson. He played incredible today. Um, a lot of I small love that things. Guy. He like the one that you and I were texting back and forth about was he missed a three, followed up his own shot, and got a couple free throws. And made I love that guy. Like he, what would have been you know a fast break opportunity after a missed three turned into a ball stoppage with two free throws and two points. Like those are the things that culminate success. Those are the things that lead to you beating the def- the defending champions. But anyways, Cam Johnson, love you. The biggest apology that I currently owe to, and again, it's, it's, it's a fluid situation, but it's time. DeAndre Ayton, come on down because yep, I have, I, I have a million different things to say about you. Uh, he wasn't much of a factor today. He didn't need to be. Uh, we uh... I, I actually thought he was really good today. I mean, the couple lobs that he got from Chris, he was really good defensively. You could sense when he was out because the Lakers were all of a sudden getting to the rim at will. Um, I think he he did a lot for us. He's did, he did a lot in this series. I'm going to let you go, but yeah. He, yeah no, no, I, then, then you know what? Maybe I was just overreacting to every single basket and he wasn't really scoring a lot. So maybe that was what my focus was since I was freaking losing my mind this entire game. But um, he just played the best basketball in uh, on television that he's ever done. He just played at his highest level. That was the in, best version of him. Yeah, in in that was the dream version of him. Yes, if we could get that against the best front line in the NBA. Like the most talented, I, I I don't know if they're the most cohesive. I don't know if they, you know, make sense together. There's a lot of questions as to whether Andre Drummond is actually additive as opposed to just you know, good stats, bad team. We don't know if he's just the big man version of Monte Ellis. But what I do know is that DeAndre Ayton came in in a series where he's our only big. Frank, I love you. You're not getting an apology uh, on this podcast. Uh, just keep keep those sideline antics going on. We love you. Um, but we have one seven-footer on the team that's worth their salary, and it's DeAndre Ayton. He came in the series undermatched. Every single person was saying this is going to be a nightmare for us. We had the advantage on the boards for most of the series. We had the advantage in the paint for most of the series. We had the physical advantage throughout this entire series minus, you know, some stretches in game two and game three, but on the whole that dude, I mean, through the first, I think four games, he missed three shots and he was getting 16, 17, 18 rebounds. He's a beast. And and he was getting offensive rebounds. He was a beast. He was making an impact on both sides of the floor in a way that I did not think was humanly possible for him to do. Had I not watched it, I wouldn't have believed it, to be honest. Um, I think for people who have not watched this team very closely and have just been looking at Aiden's stats, um, you can get easily fooled by his contribution this year because he's had games where he's gone 25 and 15, but my criticism has always been 
it's always against teams. It's it's always against shitty teams. Um, what he did in this series. Yeah, it's against it's against Sacramento in January. Yes. <laughs> uh, he was my last apology. So same here. Same here. He's my last apology. Coming into this series, I had a million different doubts about whether we should pay him after this year because he's still a restricted free agent. Yes. And I think the conversation is still worthy of being had, but I'm no longer going to light my head on fire <laughs> if we do if we sign him to the max. I'm just not. He pro- he proved it. He's shown it. He's he- legit. I mean, when you do that in this kind of series, again, this isn't just some random first round series against the Trailblazers. Sorry, Trailblazer fans. But this is. Are we going to do a CJ McCollum? Where is he getting traded no, to next? No. no. Okay. When, when you put out that kind of output against a team like this, against Anthony Davis was out for essentially three of these games. Even in the games that Davis was in, he was playing incredibly well. Okay, and that that speaks volumes about him. So he is he's my last apology that I owe. And I'd, I'd just like to point out that uh, you have an English degree and you said the phrase put out that output. But um, anyways, this game, this series was new for me. I was a child the last time the Phoenix Suns were playing important basketball games. I was a child still living at our- home. And we got our ass ripped out through our mouth in about the most horrific way possible by this very team. By the guy who our favorite player emulates, which again, eight year old me is all types shit. 15 year old me is all types of confused by the feelings that I have with Devin Booker because of how much he loves not not he likes or you know patterns his game after no loves adores idolizes Kobe Bryant it's a religious obsession it is like the tattoo thing that people were mentioning today um yeah that's not even really the tip of the iceberg with his obsession with Kobe but yeah go ahead (laughs) this is so fun yeah, like okay. it's it, 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 it's just so fun to be playing meaningful basketball. Basketball is my favorite sport to watch. I've been spoiled fucking rotten in football. And now, you know, I'm kind of paying a penance with my guy being in Tampa. Um, but um, my baseball team's still atrocious. That's fine. Um, we're, you know, battling it out with Baltimore for the worst record in baseball. But this Phoenix Suns team's legit. And I don't know about you, but I think we just played the best opponent that we're going to play all playoffs. Yes. Um, first of all, we did. It's not close. I think the other teams in the West don't match up to the Lakers. I mean, the only team that even could kind of give us fits might be eliminated uh, tomorrow, which is the Clippers. Um, I, I just I, I want to say this. Phoenix. A lot of people don't know this. I don't, I don't even understand the mechanics of it. Phoenix is a basketball town. It always has been. They were first. Yes, that is true. And they, they got here in the 60s, I want to say, or early 70s, somewhere around there. I want to say 1968 um, here. Yeah. Let's get research on it. Yeah. They, and 
this fan base is one of the most tortured in the history of sports and they don't even get the love for being tortured, which makes them more tortured <laughs> in my mind. <clears throat> this city loves basketball and this team is the exact kind of basketball team that's so easy to fall in love with and root for because just this, I'm not even, not even just this game, the entire series, the way they play defense is oh, beautiful. It's they it, fly around and they, they fight like fucking hell for each other. So okay. they, they, they don't quite do the, the blitzkrieg style defense that the uh, early heat or that the LeBron heat teams played. Um, they don't have that quite athleticism and they don't, they don't do the trapping style that they do, but the constant movement, the constant rotation, their the, rotations are amazing. It's incredible. And they rotate so well. It's, and by the way, growing up, our teams were always the worst defensive teams known to mankind. They and were we always it over a bunch. Yeah. They were which, always abhorrent at defense, which was generally our downfall that and Mike D'Antoni only played six guys in the playoffs and played 39 year old Steve Nash fucking 42 minutes a game. But that's not the point because the point is, is that this team right now in 2021 is playing some of the best basketball all around basketball that I have ever seen in my life from a Suns team. In fact, it might be the best all-around basketball that a Suns team in my lifetime has ever played. In my lifetime, this is by far the most complete team. And this is not recency bias. I did the research. I did. Oh, okay. oh, I did. I, I did the fuck. I, I watched all those fucking games. <laughs> Our, our, our best players didn't play defense. They actively avoided defense. Amari Stoudemire and Steve Nash. Steve Nash is my favorite basketball player ever. I'm currently wearing his jersey. The man was not athletic enough to play defense. And our teams, other than Nash, they weren't smart. They didn't play smart. No. They did stupid shit constantly. And they were aggressive in all the wrong ways. Yeah. This team, like, somebody goes down there's instantly somebody else in that guy's face. Yeah. Which again, we're not, con we're not condoning violence on this podcast. Oh, oh, <laughs> but we are, uh, but we are in Jay Crowder. I see you. I love you. You are a beautiful. I love beautiful that guy. Man. I love yes. that guy. He like him and Chris Paul. They're just such shitheads, but they're my shitheads. And we never, other than like Raja Bell, we never really have shitheads, and you need shitheads. Yeah, we had Shaq at the end. Yeah, but he wasn't a shithead. Like, he was, he was really good, and by the time he got to us, it was, you know, it, it was not Shaq. No. <laughs> it was Shaquille O'Neal. It wasn't Shaq. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Chris Paul thing. My I guy, think... if, if you want me – so I'm in – I'm in California right now. Chris, if you need me to drive to your house right now and just start massaging your shoulder or whatever's hurting you, if you need me, my services are available. Both of us. I, yeah, we can get and producer Chris, I'm sure would help too. Um, whatever you need, you just let me know. Email us at the pod email. Reach out on IG. We got you because we need you. And we need you playing much better than you uh, 
did the last couple. Well, not not game five. Game five, he played like Chris Paul. But, you know, he had some pretty not Chris Paul-like plays today and in other games this series. We, we need him going. We do. But the thing with him, and announcers don't often have very uh, salient points. Nuanced, thoughtful. I, I, yeah, no. I believe, I think it was Grant Hill, actually, who had the point today, who was like, their offense has such a calm about them when he's out there, and he's completely correct. And this was the point that I made when I was making the case that maybe we should have sat him game four when he actually came back and looked great. Is that if you do that, you're taking away that element of it where when he's on defense and he's yelling at guys where to go when he's on offense and he's just orchestrating everything at the perfect tempo. When he's getting in Aiden's ass about running the court. Yeah. Which by the way, that's the best thing that's ever happened to Aiden is Chris Paul, whether he knows that or not. Like we saw what it did to Deandre Jordan. It's the opposite with Aiden. (laughs) And by the way, it's an older Chris. Chris learned from what happened with Deandre. But I would imagine at times a more ornery Chris. I would imagine. Maybe, but I mean, but I he think doesn't. He doesn't scream as much. But he kind of does. He does. <laughs> it's. I, I he think does it, the, He he picks his spots more. I mean, this version of Paul. I I can't. When I watch him, I can't help but think. I mean, not only how happy I am for him, but when you think about the Phoenix point guards that have been here, and have <laughs> yeah. not been able to win, specifically Nash who is the all-time guy that never made the finals. Nash, Marbury, Kevin Johnson, Jason Kidd. Well, Jason Kidd ended up in New Jersey, but you get the point. Right, but seeing him now have a legitimate chance to make, like very legitimate, like it's not, I haven't looked at the odds yet. I'm not going to because I don't I don't give a shit about the odds because here's the thing. The odds have vacillated so wildly just within this series because of how little people believe in us yeah but that's that that's not even what i'm talking about i mean if you've watched basketball this year you know the suns team now that they've gotten over this we're not just getting ideas we we like have ideas like the ideas are implanted (laughs) i said at the top we just played the best team that we're going to play in the playoffs from top to bottom, that was the best team. Denver's not better than them. The not Clippers, even close. The, the Clippers aren't better than them. Like the, the, Den- there, the, there isn't another team in the West that's better than these guys. And now the that I know thing- that DeAndre Ayton can actually play like a big boy, I'm not nearly as worried about Denver. I'm not even going to talk about Denver, other than to say the only thing I'm worried about is them sucker punching us game one because of the letdown. It's just going to be weird not going against LeBron in that environment yeah Yeah. um this team though i like again you and i are the kings of don't overreact to first round series this is the only first round series that you're allowed to overreact to is if it's not an overreaction is if you have 11 years of history coming into the night right plus the lebron james factor plus the lakers factor who it's not just our lifetime. Go back into the 70s and 80s. Yeah. These guys have always kicked our ass. They have always, always handed us our shit. And in the most important games. But it's just... I can't say it enough. 
this team is so fun to watch because of the guys that we have on it outside of booker and cp3 there's not a lot of like blue chip guys like i guess ayton is now sort of he is a first overall pick but like other than that i mean campaign was in i believe the chinese basketball league like a year and a half two years ago like this he was cut from the Bulls in 2019, and they said he's not NBA caliber. Like, yeah, the Bulls. Like, like that came out. He's like, he's not NBA caliber uh, player, and he's like our, like you said, he's probably our fourth most important guy. Yeah, he's, you know, fourth or fifth on any given day. And, you know, we had DeAndre Ayton, who was famous for taking a masking agent for steroids. We have Chris. And for not caring enough. And for not caring enough. Which he has, by the way, this series, one of the reasons that he's fought through that, he yeah. is running his ass off. He's rim running on fast breaks. Yeah. He looks like on those fast breaks, he looks like a, like first three or four years Shaq on the magic. He's, all, he's getting he, first down the court. It's insanity. He's He's unbelievably fast when his motor's running like that, like it is in this series. I mean, there, there was, this, there was a, a series two games ago, game four, where he blocked LeBron under the basket, ran the floor. Yeah. He was, by the way, he was the furthest back of any player on the court when he blocked him. He ran the floor yep. and dunked over two Lakers guys on the other side off a pass from Chris. Yep. That stuff should scare the living hell out of anybody that we play. Cause if he's, if he is that guy, I, we've been saying it the whole time. Our ceiling is predicated on, on him. It yeah. always has been. Because here's the thing we got, we've gone. I, 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 if my timer's correct, it's we're 34 minutes into this. We haven't even talked about the best player that was on the court today. It's because we'll he's to the point where it's, he's so good. And you and I have seen it. This fan base has seen it so repeatedly, even when we're dog shit, when we're absolutely awful, we're seeing him play like this. He scored 70 against the number one ranked team in the East at the time, the Boston Celtics. Well, 70 against them. And he shot eight for 10 from three today. Didn't miss the first seven. If we're going to do the Booker thing, I mean, we did apologies at, at the top. Almost every single national NBA person should write a soliloquy that is an apology to Devin Booker. Absolutely. Because this is, again, this is, I don't even blame the people who said this. It's a factor that happens when you're a national guy or girl and you don't watch a shitty team enough. Because I watched him, and when we were good, when we were winning, I saw him make the kind of plays. I was like, he is not Monte Ellis. He is not some selfish, chuck it up 30 times type of guy. He's just not. He's, not. He's an unbelievably efficient scorer. He's really smart, which is how, again, sorry to keep knocking on Monte, was not Monte's forte. Devin is a very hey, smart player. Say what you want about Monte Ellis. I only mentioned him because he, that dude could score. That dude could score like nobody's business was allergic to defense 
but and was allergic to winning yep. but and to making winning plays and yes. to shooting to yes. shooting at a high percentage yeah all of that is true but devin booker you know the first the first spurs series that the heat played against uh that the heat played against them i think 2012 um there was like 45 seconds left and lebron pulled up at the elbow the right elbow and hit a jumper to for all intents and purposes seal the game lebron knows the moment he has awareness of when he needs to turn it on he's one of the best him jordan bird you know you know the list those guys know the moment they know when they need to score they know when their teammates need to score devin has a little bit of it too devin is starting to develop it and it started in the bubble it started with the famous shot that he hit the fall back with both Kawhi and Paul George draped over him. And it's only accelerated precipitously since then. I don't even know if accelerated precipitously is a phrase, but there you go. And apparently LeBron did a Jersey swap with Booker, which, you know, that's cool. But I didn't see that. I saw LeBron really early. I just got, I got a notification. I guess they, okay. I guess they came back. He came back out uh, and, you know, was more present on the court after the game than the last two minutes. But that's good because there was some weird stuff with Rich Paul and Chris after two. That did not look like it was a happy conversation, to be honest. Yeah. Don't, I, but again, I don't I'm not I'm not I'm yeah. not reading into that. It just when I was. I love, I love the same jacket, Rich. That's all I'm going to say. It but it's good look. It was a good look. It was a good look. But he's got that. Like the the douchebags that were talking about LeBron not having the clutch gene. That's like what they're what they were talking about. That's what Devin has. Because he he knows, like, okay, there's three and a half minutes left. I'm now gonna go down and shoot three straight possessions unless I can, you know throw a pass to a wide open cam johnson in the corner or chris paul out in the out on the top of the key or deandre i can throw him a lob or something he wants the ball and he lives to that shit that's why he got tossed at the end was because the lakers three of the fucking guys stopped getting back on defense and he went over into the corner of the lakers bench and started screaming at their ass after that's after dunking on them that's the kind of shit that the Suns really haven't ever had amari did a little bit of that but he was also going against like tim duncan who i mean are you really gonna scream at tim duncan no so like devin devin and did you by the way did you see the car that he drove up to the game in i don't know that he actually drove that to the game they showed okay there was a a lot of because I believe he drove that car to the airport in Phoenix. Because oh, okay. I actually looked more into this and they don't allow players to drive to locations. Oh, like I love so it. He, I love so it. He would have he would have had to have been on some sort of private charter. So that wasn't his car for all intents and purposes. Okay. But 
that that picture of him in the black Buick, just just incredible. And I I would hope that he brought his dog with him. That just absolute unit of a dog that would dog just awesome. That would just maul me in dog five seconds. Awesome. Just because That's one of the would, coolest yeah. dogs I've ever seen. Yeah. Anyways, this team is so exciting. And wait, can we, can I do one thing on Devin? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, see, De- this, is, Devin, this is this is an additional episode, Tim. We can do whatever the fuck we want. It's our names on the on the title. It's goddamn right. Yeah, Devin lives to ruin people's lives. <laughs> he really does. He enjoys it. Again, this is like he took all of the best parts of Kobe, which is kind of amazing. He took that. I just want to kill you. I'm not oh, just out. Of, of the mentality thing. Okay. I was That's what say, I mean. He Co- took Kobe his mentality. Was, you know, slightly more athletic, but yes, I know. He took, saying. he took like his best aspects, like all of that weird hero ball shit that Kobe had, where he never really quite got a feel for how the game was going in the second quarter. Devin stuff. doesn't have it. Doesn't have it, but he's got that. I want to embarrass you <laughs> factor to him. Well, and, and there were a lot of people that were saying, you know, and you know some very very famous podcasters that i hope to get to meet and hope to get to you know do some stuff with that thought that he was going to get used to losing that when he was given the opportunity to play important games he didn't take them that was that was the knock on him was that he was a monte ellis he was a danny granger he was one of those guys that just you know they're good but they're never going to be impactful in a playoff way like rudy gay or someone like that the first moment i realized that he wasn't that was when he was shouting i can't even remember who it was at but he was yelling meet me in the tunnel after he got tossed and after he and as he's walking out he's just calmly he's like this he's just like okay and he just runs out he's like yeah no i'm i'm ready to kick your ass let me know where we need to go was that like it wasn't ben simmons no, but it, it showed yeah, anyways. Me, it showed me that he cared. Yeah. He wasn't just he wasn't just out there trying to get buckets. Like he gave a shit. He gave a shit that he was tossed and that he was embarrassed and that he hurt his team and he was gonna fight somebody. Because <laughs> he was frustrated <laughs> yeah. with how things were going. Um yeah. I'm 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 just I'm so happy. I'm so thankful because my God has it been bad. It's been dark, terrible. It's been dark. There are only so many Brandon Knight highlights, and by highlights I mean lowlights because oh, there's blood. So, oh my god. Oh yeah. How do we talk about the great point guards of the Phoenix Suns and not talk about our triumvirate point guard system that we ran? How how, how do we go through that? Goran Dragic, Isaiah Thomas, not that Isaiah Thomas, and uh, uh, Goran Dragic, Isaiah Thomas, and Eric Bledsoe. Like, we had we tried that out and it kind of worked, and then we decided to keep the worst one. <laughs> but I, this team is so ready, this team is so primed to make a run. They're not scared at all. They, I mean, even in the games they were losing, they were showing they're not scared. None of the, the moment is not too big for any of them. Not even Aiton, who I was so concerned about. 
No, I'm, I'm sorry. I, no, I'm no, I, I couldn't you. agree. I could not it's, agree more. He's not scared. He's just no. not. He's out there fighting his ass off harder than I've ever seen him play before. Yeah. Like you're, it's, you're it's completely perfect. right about that. None of them and are going to, sh- none of them are going to shy away from it. Like I, I don't want to do the thing before the series where I'm like, we're going to win this in five. I'm not scared of Denver. I'm not no, saying said, we're going to, I'm I not saying we're going to steamroll him. Yeah. I, I said that at the top. They don't have Jamal Murray. They've got unvaccinated Michael Porter Jr. Um, and they've got Nikola Jokic, which I mean, if Aiden's going to play like this, man, I mean, Jokic is about as unstoppable just by his length and by the stuff that he does, because he doesn't have to move to make those plays. He doesn't have to, he could be triple teamed and you're just going to stand with the ball up in the air and it's just not going to matter. But if we can slow, well, slow him down is kind of an oxymoron, but like if, if Aiden can continue to play like this, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's a good way to say it. If Aiden can, t- can continue to play like this and sort of, you know, even out whatever advantage the Nuggets would have against other teams in the paint, I mean, dude, you, we saw it today. We've got a bunch of dogs that are going to run through your face, in the words of Marshawn Lynch. We've got guys that are going to hit shots. We've got guys that are going to play hard on defense. And we've got a lot of talent. Like Cam Johnson is here to play basketball and make shots. That dude is lethal from the court. Mikhail Bridges played great this series. We are deep. And it's it's incredible because, again, like I said before, Mike D'Antoni only played six fucking guys, and that always was our downfall. We're deep. Yeah, so I'm probably going to wrap up on this. Yeah. This this series in general felt like an exorcism. Oh, my God. It really did. Yeah. It really did because if we would have lost, we would have both sunk into – what we know as Suns fans, which is to bitch and to moan. Just, oh God. And okay, to talk so, about trading every single player. Yeah, I was just going to say, okay, so uh, Chris Paul's going to opt in. Uh, oh, he's already to, opted out. Oh, he's already opted out. Fuck. Yeah, that, that was the notification a few days ago. Uh, okay. So that, well, that's, that- that's something we got to deal with later. Okay, so that okay, whatever. So, you know, whatever happens with Chris Paul is what happens with Chris Paul. I love him. I hope he stays if he continues to play like this. He's yes. incredible. But, He's welcome to stay. Welcome to stay. But like if we lost, we're overpaying either Mikhail Bridges or DeAndre Ayton. The other one's walking. And we'd end up making the wrong decision. <laughs> Which whichever two is worse, that's who we'd end up keeping. Yep. Uh, and then Booker would have requested a trade within six months. That's that. That's what we'd be talking about. Right now. But hey, and I'm gonna. I'm just gonna end on this. Somebody needs to get Steph Curry out of there, man. Draymond Green, you can go fuck yourself. Because here's the thing, you are sitting in a studio. You're sitting in the studio talking about this game. Because you 
are not that good at basketball. You're playing on some of the greatest teams ever assembled, not because of you. So, Draymond, why don't you make sure your own house is set before you start talking about other people's? I'm good with ending on that. <laughs> and, of course, this is not a Tim and Tony pod without – you know what? I'm going to hand out a Ted Cruz award. It's going to be Draymond Green. Congratulations. Mine's Chris Hades. <laughs> for, Real for quick. Having, for having the balls – after Devin's biggest game of his career, game five, to ask about a nothing event that happened three years ago. With Joakim Noah shouting at him. That nobody cares about anymore. Yeah. Um, I was really hoping, because Chris Haynes, was who was doing the sideline reporting after the game and interviewed Booker at the end of the game, I was hoping after Chris Haynes' first, you know, awful-ass question, like, how does it feel? Yeah, that question, which, by the way, TNT, ABC, our services are available. We can be much more creative than how does we'll it do it for free. free? Yeah, we'll do it for free. We just need to be able to shout out the uh, the sponsors and the pod. That's it. Um, like I can think of a much more interesting question than how does it feel to win the Super Bowl, Tom Brady? Yep. Um, it's but the first one out of every one of their motherfucking mouths. You just won. You just beat the defending champs. How do you feel? What did, what did it take to do it? How like what what were you guys thinking when this happened? No, fuck that. But Chris Haynes, what I was hoping Devin Booker was going to do, I was hoping he was going to be like, oh yeah, Chris. By the way, did you see how I did with uh, double teams today? I think I did pretty well. Talk to you later, bro. And just walk away. That's the best, best thing about Devin is that he's not like KD in that way. He's like looks at Chris Haynes and he's like, I don't give a shit about you or what no. you have to say. Yeah, no, Devin doesn't strike me as a guy with burner accounts. But anyways, he just doesn't care. Like anyways, legitimately, not fake, doesn't care. Anyways, Draymond, the day that you retire is going to be a day that I pop champagne, just like Russell Westbrook for completely different reasons. But Draymond, I, you, you're, and by the way, your suit that you wore, I think it was yesterday, was Terrible. an abomination. Terrible. Just awful. an absolute abomination. You should be ashamed of yourself. But, anyways, actually, yeah. Draymond Green, Chris Haynes, go fuck yourself. And of course, I'm not going to, I'm not, I, I, I give the people what they want. Ted Cruz, please go fuck yourself. This has been the Tim and Tony podcast emergency sons advancing to the second round edition. Let's go. One day, someday. Fiction girl. She's my one day, someday. She's my one day, someday. Gonna have a gonna call a baby. One day, someday. She's gonna call me baby. Gonna have a baby. She's all so bright Gonna wake up by his head One day, someday She's my one day, someday Fiction girl She's my one day, someday